everybody and welcome along to our season 2 premiere, episode 16 of Arsehole Animals with Alice. I'm your host, Alice Vasalo, and today we're discussing an animal that's running the show beneath your very feet. Today we're discussing ants. I'll give you a quick rundown of this species and then we'll bring on our guests. Ants are insects belonging to the family Formicidae and are related to wasps and bees as they all belong to the order Hymenoptera, which could definitely be the name of a Spider-Man villain. They can be found everywhere in the world apart from Antarctica and the occasional remote island. There are nearly 14,000 species of ant with thousands of other undiscovered species likely to be out there as we speak. Now, with nearly 14,000 types of ant, discussing ant behaviour is difficult because lots of species behave differently and eat differently according to which part of the world they're from or what niche they're filling in their environment. But some things are universal. Ants live in colonies and each ant has a specific role within their colony that helps protect it and keep it going for the next generation. Like bees, most types of ant have one or more fertile queens in their colonies, as well as sterile drones. But we can all agree that ants appear to operate as one entity, for the good of the colony. They're a weird combination of robot and alien, but with oddly human characteristics. Ants are the most intelligent invertebrates going. They are incredible puzzle solvers and very social creatures with behaviours that will fascinate and disturb you. Basically, the more you know about ants, the more they blow your mind. Ants are also an integral part of our ecosystem, not only as food for other animals, but also as the cleanup crew for carcasses, biological pest control for smaller species of pest, and they aerate soil, allowing more nutrients to get in. Ants are truly the puppet masters running the show, and we are just their puppets. Just like the Tories are puppets for the oil and gas industry. So now that you're all clued up about ants, let's bring on our guests. And now it's time for me to introduce my amazing guests, plural. They're the hosts of the incredible podcast, How Many Geese, the nature podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. The hilarious and knowledgeable Jack Badams and Roddy Shaw are here. Oh my gosh, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Our pleasure. So I think this episode is going to be a fun one, really, because I think probably 90% of the population is never happy to see an ant at any given time, right? You know, near your house, near your food. Like, I really don't think, unless you are an entomologist, that you you really like ants. Nobody likes ants, right? So I think this is going to be a really interesting topic of conversation. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, we have said so on our show before we have proclaimed our fascination, our, I don't know how you describe it, our... Obsession. Yeah, just our, like, they just (laughs) blow your mind. Like, we've done done ants a couple of times, we've done various bits about them, and every time we do it, I mean, Roddy's mentioned a couple of times on, on the show that, Every time you learn something about them, you want to learn more about them. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, they're just, they're mad. They walk they... a very fine line uh, mm. between sort of awe and terror. 
Yeah. And they're yeah. walking that line one after the other in perfect sort of, <laughs> you know, order as well. Marching. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely right. I mean, um, actually, before we get into any of um, the questions about ants or who you consider to be arseholes in, in the uh, animal kingdom, I also wanted to ask before we get started, just like how we how we landed on ants specifically. I know I know you guys, I mean, we've got an ornithologist here and an amphibian enthusiast, uh, you know, <laughs> how the hell have we landed on ants here? Guys? Why are we not talking about geese today, guys? Well, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a very good question. There aren't enough hours in the world to try and go through why geese are assholes. So yeah. we're trying to boil that down with nature's most terrifying military force instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have recently, I kind of don't want to give too much of the game away at the start, okay. but for anyone who may be unfamiliar we have recently been on a trip together mm. to the tropics mm -hmm. and when we were thinking what animal have we encountered which inconvenienced our life yeah ants ants featured i so. feel like um i feel like as well i mean the the caveat the the exception to the rule i don't know how you guys feel about this for the general i'm talking with the general population is if you see like a leaf cutter ant right and the tropics have leaf cutter ants and i feel oh. like if, if it's doing a job if it's like on its way out of the your tropics, <laughs> have leafcutter ants. <laughs> but they, those are an inconvenience, right? Are they Unless not? You sit tight. You just <laughs> oh, sit god. tight. Oh god, I'm buckling in. Guys. This is our. This is actually our first. Yeah, this is our first podcast recording since oh, coming back the from the jungle. So <laughs> yeah. we're ready to, you know, cathartically. Yeah, this is the therapy session <laughs> that you guys need. But I, I definitely thought like, because we, we have leafcutter ants at the zoo and I've seen someone I lived in Costa Rica and I just like, I was like, yeah, little buddy, you know, you got a little leaf. Oh, yeah, you go. And he's like not touching anything that, you know, is my food or anything. And that I feel like that's the only exception to the rule. Yeah, but like traffic wardens have a job. <laughs> Right. That doesn't mean I'm excited to see a traffic warden or that, you know, society embraces them just because they're employed. Just because a leafcutter rant has something to do doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. it's sort of of benefit to, you know, my life. <laughs> but I feel like it, it, it oh, what's the word? It makes it cute. You know, it makes yes. an, an animal that like people find a nuisance. If it's doing something cute. And I don't know if you guys have seen this. Our zoo does it as well. Sometimes you'll see zoos with leafcutter ants exhibits and they'll give them little, on Valentine's Day, have you seen this? They give them little like paper hearts, like teeny tiny little <sighs> paper hearts and they're just carrying the little hearts around and it's like, look how cute the leafcutter ants are. And it's like, oh, like that's, you know, it gets people to care about ants. And yeah, them I will say, I, I completely see where you're coming from and yeah. pre-Mexican jungle would have 100% agreed with you. I'm so excited to hear about why I'm, you know, gravely wrong. But on that note, guys, we'll start with the most important question that I have for every single guest that comes my way, which is, uh, what animal do you guys think of when you hear the word arsehole? Um, so for me, it's things like dolphins. Yeah. It's yeah. like um, we we have delved into animals that have got that have led charmed lives thanks to their excellent PR. Um, and that's Definitely. for me, things like dolphins, ducks, sea otters, yeah. because they've got some pretty dark behaviors, oh, yeah. um, especially around their reproduction. And I mean, dolphins just straight up like murdering porpoises and things oh, yeah. like that. So for Definitely. me, dolphins are high up there. 
Mm, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, dolphins get a pass because of uh, where, where did the obsession with dolphins come from? Do you think, you know, why? where did they start? When did they start? Yeah, probably. It's probably the 90s, right? Like I can't, yeah. th- the 80s or the 90s. I can't think of like a time when people were obsessed with dolphins prior to that film or I had all the like, little kids had dolphin merchandise growing up in the 90s. So yeah, pencil cases. Yeah, little like moon rings and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? What what is your animal of choice? They did a real good sort of PR move from being hunted for blubber to you know keep streetlights going to suddenly being pencil case. Yeah, <laughs> Adorna numero uno. Yeah, um, very true. Outside of today's you know chosen <laughs> specimen. The animal that I think I might consider the biggest arsehole is the panda, ah. because what is the point? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at this stage, just really, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> like the place is crumbling around us. Yeah. Numerous continents are on fire, but the panda still, you know, hoovers up all the attention is this cuddly bumbling. Totally. You know, so, yeah, it's more of a kind of PR standpoint that Jack and I are coming oh. from. I mean, that's what being an oh. arsehole is, really. It's just good or bad at pr i guess but yeah yeah. i I mean i guess this is the kind of the point of this podcast though you know Mm. to be like either an animal that you think is great is not um dolphins in that category meerkats in that category otters in that category and then it's like the animals that you think are dickheads are actually fine like sharks so we've got dolphins and we've got pandas which i think i you know i would like to do an episode about pandas because they are just useless kind of like lumps of mass right like um, I, mass. I mean they were doing okay before we came along i'll give them that okay well all right <laughs> what were you gonna say Roddy? well i was just gonna say am i right as well now that they are like geopolitically assholes as well because isn't it that no zoo can own mm, pandas they yeah. can only lease them from china yeah and i a... think the reason that edinburgh zoo got them is because norway decided to stop selling its fish stocks sorry if this is going too geopolitically no. charged for your podcast no no bring it on the chinese it. government will come but like, <laughs> norway stopped selling its fish stocks to china and so scotland sort of cut a deal with china to do good fish prices and part of that deal was they got pandas like they are insidious assholes in this geopolitical game of chess we will play that's uh okay so we're we're blaming panda for the world's problems then yeah is it for the, for the look, war in ukraine for... all i'm saying is if you <laughs> follow East. the breadcrumb trails eventually <laughs> you hit bamboo imagine imagine it being in that meeting in the fisheries department and being like okay we need some more haddock for beijing <laughs> what have we got to trade yeah, come on, <laughs> just come look on, over come on. into the corner and they're like, oh, we've got a couple of pandas just flying around. <laughs> that's crazy if true. But yeah, that's uh, pandas are a good one, actually. Nobody nobody said pandas so far, so I think that's awesome. But obviously, we're here to talk about ants today. And I, I just wanted to ask you guys a little bit about now, especially as, as you've led with this incredible sort of teaser about how terrible your time was in, in uh, the tropics with, with a certain ant species. What is your experience with ants? Well, I mean, mm. every- how long have you got? Yeah. <laughs> I th- oh boy. Let Let's go back because I know Roddy's got a good childhood ant story, oh. which I think Ooh. is is uh, you know, yeah. Take it away. So I grew up in Singapore, uh-huh. um, very tropical. Yeah. And for anyone 
listening in the UK or whatever who may not have ever visited the tropics or whatever. Well, no, no, no. But (laughs) just, you know, we're starting this with the ants are a different ball game when you get near the equator. They are like an inch, an inch and a half long, you know, two, three centimeters. They're huge monster things. Anyway, Mm. so I was nine or 10 and I had these two tiny little Russian dwarf hamsters, absolute, you know, love of my life, joy of my life. Young Roddy would wake up, take care of his hamsters, go to school, what a blissful existence it was. One morning I woke up, went to check on my hamsters and coming out of one of the hamsters eye sockets as it lay dead in the middle of the cage was just a stream of ants, which paint your own picture as to what was going on there. But these absolutely monster jungle ants had gotten into the flat, had tracked down the you know, the nearest source of live flesh and just ripped the hamster apart. Got and so down. when I got to it in the morning, they were crawling out of its eye sockets. I mean... So that's where we're starting on this journey, yeah. Alice. <laughs> Any talk of like, oh, the ants ruined my picnic. They come and take my sandwiches <laughs> or whatever. Pale insignificant <laughs> to ants eating your childhood pet. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Was it your favourite hamster out of the two? I couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> that's totally fair that's uh well that's yeah that's pretty traumatic to start off with i guess what it gets worse from there like you know i don't see how it can no i mean everyone in the uk yeah has had the ant experience where you sit down to enjoy a nice picnic in a field and the red ants crawl all over you and start biting you and it's all really really horrible but i think roddy does make a good point that R, and I say R as in the UK's perception of ants is, uh, and what what an, is an inconvenience yeah, for so us in the UK yeah. is in the tro- you know the tropics are just a different level. And I've made this point before on previous um, on previous episodes that we don't like to be inconvenienced as Brits, do we? Like that's like the the worst crime for us mm. in in nature is to be mildly inconvenienced by it. I think there's an inverse rule that in a, in the country that you live, the more things that can actually seriously harm you, you're more tolerant of things. Yeah. Whereas in a country like us, mm. where there's not really anything that can hurt you, we get annoyed when the ants just, you know, come out and start flying around. Totally. We've got we've got it too good here. Yeah. Like we really have. Like it's um we need we need something. We need um oh we need some like big carnivore to just mess people's shit up. You need we yeah. need like the um uh, the sightings of big cats that are, you know fake around the uh, the country. We need that to be true so that people actually have something to fear. And then they don't take the ants, you know, they're like, Oh, it's just ants, phew. At least I didn't get eaten by a puma or whatever it yeah. is. We need some shit like that. But yeah, I mean, that's um, that's such a good point. I mean, do you guys want to delve into your trauma a little bit now? Or do you want to wait until we uh, until we get into like behavior rating? What do you guys think? Let's do the ants. OK, so this is what happened in Mexico. OK. So we were staying at a camp in the incredible Mexican jungle. Mm-hmm. And it was to set the scene. It was a very basic camp. Um, you were sleeping in tents. There was um, a sort of small concrete toilet block, like long drop toilets, compost toilets, yeah. and um, a shower block in inverted commas, once again, basic concrete thing where you um, would fill up your water in a bucket and then there were bucket showers. So you would just oh, yeah. tip, the, you know, tip the water over your head. Mm-hmm. Now, when we arrived at this camp, there had already been 
tales from the people that were there before about the ants. Whispers. And not just like before we got there. So the where we were as a whole was this huge reserve and there were three camps throughout it. So we went into one camp and spent time there. Mm. And when we were in that first camp, we were hearing legend of how the ants were taking over the other camp. So before we even got to this camp, like it was spreading that it was, you know, on the verge of (laughs) being overrun by the ants. We got there. And what we were greeted with on our on our first day is the smoldering embers of one of the one of humanity's stands against the ants. So in the middle of the camp, right in front of the toilet block, was a monstrous leafcutter ant nest. Okay, oh, cool. it was huge. Now, once again, leafcutter ants. So for people who don't know, leafcutter ants, they go up into the trees and they cut the beautiful little shapes out of the leaves and they carry them down into their nest. And they're not actually eating the leaves themselves, but they are growing a fungus on those leaves uh, that they then harvest. So that in itself is just absolutely extraordinary that they are farming this you know, special fungus that they're eating. But... On the face of it, leafcutter ants, they've always been really friendly. You know, like you mentioned, yeah. I've seen leafcutter ants in zoos before. They're yeah. always like, oh, look at them. They're going on the rope. They're going over yeah. the path. Look at them. Aren't they fun? So, so you know, on the face of it, you're like, well, why? Why? What's the drama all about? Why is there remnants of a fire that the campmates have built on top of the nest of oh these God. ants? Yeah. And then. Oh, God. Night falls. So they basically just would scale up their operation like monumentally. (laughs) So the highways that they sort of ran through, and these highways are extraordinary. Like you can see where they've cleared all the stuff on their way. And you've got these really clear routes that they've picked through the forest um, up to the trees. And they're just this, they're constantly on them day and night, 24 hours a day. Like, I don't know if ants sleep. I don't know if individual ants actually sleep. But yeah. these, like, as a colony, they're just constantly going. But when night fell, the size of these, the width of these tracks would expand, like, monumentally, mm. and new ones would just appear. Now, it's annoying, but the the workers that are going backwards and forwards carrying their leaves aren't really a problem. The problem is that the workers are being guarded by soldiers that line the edges of these highways waiting for anything that might think about coming along and interrupting the workflow Uh and just go into all-out attack mode whoa so there was like and because these ants were right in front of the toilet block it got dark about 6 p.m 7 p.m um and it was also near where you, where the tap was, where the water storage was for you to get your bucket showers. Yeah. Essentially, what happened was that more or less became out of bounds yeah. once night had fallen because it got to a stage where the colony was sort of building and building and building. Oh, wow. And they took one night, they just took the toilets. Like the toilets were just full of ants and these big soldier ants. And I mean, there were like, a, there was like a big soldier ant, and then there was a really big soldier ant. Okay, we're like talking like an a, inch, like an inch big or uh, half an inch. I would say that the because also it was the first we were there for five nights, something like that. And the first three, we were having this cycle of in the day there'd be one or two conga lines of workers, and you could watch them, and that was fine. And they would have the soldiers guarding them, and if your mm. feet got to within 
a foot of the of the lines the soldiers seemed to be able to sense you and they'd come and they'd nip you and they would crawl into your boots yeah like nothing would stop them so for the first three days we had level one soldiers and then something changed around night three or four where for whatever reason the generals came out oh, and boy. i wouldn't necessarily say the generals were any longer they were both about an inch long but the soldiers were very lightly built the generals had a oh. head like an actual staffordshire terrier <laughs> yeah like it was <laughs> it was that in an insect form yeah oh shit and they came out the with long the night <laughs> the night of a million ants it really was that. And we should say as well, there was the the <laughs> tents were kind of on one side and then there was a tract of road. Yeah. And then the nest and the toilets. And for most nights, most of the time, whilst they would come out and they would take over, as Jack has said, explore everywhere, they kind of stuck to the one side of the road. Okay. And on the other side was where the food was stored and everyone was sleeping and everything else. And on... I'm going to say night four, oh. when darkness truly fell. Yeah. It was like something out of Lord of the Rings. They it just was, yeah. made their assault. Well, and just like the big ones were like blood drawers. Like, oh, so, yeah. so they, so when, you, when they all emerged and we went to check the toilets and see what was going on, like they would just swarm your feet and they'd be like up your legs and they'd be, and if they bit, yeah. into you then they make you bleed oh, and shit. like they really genuinely really hurt one guy had them biting into his flip-flop and oh. they bite in so hard like the jaws were like well in there and you yeah. can't pull you can't pull them out like if you pull the ant its head just comes off yeah like and just stays in the flip-flop they were amazing oh. and then they started running lines into where people were sleeping yeah. in the camp. And then I mean, that's when it got really bad. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say we awoke to being carried into a <laughs> nest <laughs> by 10 million ants. And I was like, well, shit. That sounds that sounds absolutely terrible. I mean, what did you guys do? Well, we Ran left that camp. Left yeah. Mexico. <laughs> we do not know if You just get a grenade on your way out. Made yeah. it out alive. Loved it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've no idea if those people are still alive or not. <laughs> Whether the camp don't is know, still there. Care. Yeah. <laughs> Whether Mexico, I mean, I haven't really heard of Mexico since leaving. So <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is that even still there? Well, I'm going to ask you guys to do something very difficult after that sort of harrowing and traumatic story. And I'm actually going to ask you guys individually what is your favorite thing about ants? What do you love most about ants? So for me, it's their, like, it's their diversity. It's mm. they are exceptional at there's there's loads of things that they got you know we've spoken about leaf cutrants just then we've spoken about this machine of yeah. harvesting leaves and being farmers yeah and then you've got the army ants which are just like all out war on anything that's in the forest and yeah. then you've got like amazing niche behaviors which we might go into a little bit later like slave making ants oh yeah yeah which yeah. are just like mind-blowing so for me it's like the diversity of what they have achieved and the scale in which they achieve it yeah i mean they are like little societies aren't they? they're just people in smaller form that are just more uh dedicated to the cause than humans could ever be there are a lot of frightening similarities between mm. humanity and ants and the ants just tend to do it more efficiently than humans ever yeah, could i know it's like if the uh if the empathy was removed from humans you know for individuals 
Like, you know, ants don't have buddies, right? They don't have friends. It's like, it is for the, it's like communism, right? It is for the the group, you know? So I have a lot of respect for that. Roddy, what do you think? What's your favorite thing? I think I've never really thought about this next sentence much before, but I reckon an ant is the opposite of a panda. Okay. Right? Right. What I hate about pandas is they're just functionally useless. Yeah. You can take them out of the ecosystem and nothing changes. No, yeah, like maybe there's some more bamboo. Okay. (laughs) But like ants prop up so much. Yeah. I mean, if they and and it's a very similar vibe and approach in my head to what Jack said as well, in as much as the diversity of them, the huge number of different niches they're filling that you get these yeah all out war ones but i think just the fact that they the numbers that they exist in are mm. just bonkers it's like unfathomable isn't it like you you can't even put together a number in your head that, how well, many ants there are well That's... can't we because apparently no. there oh, are shit. 2.5 million times more ants than people, yeah. which puts the number of estimated ants on the planet at 20 quadrillion ants. Like, oh. you have to respect that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, because life is DNA trying to make more of itself. And if one branch of DNA has found a way to make 20 quadrillion copies of that DNA, that's some good Gotta DNA. Respect. Exactly. Respect the game. Exactly. Respect. Respect and also, it needs to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it needs to be wiped from the face of the earth from a place of fear, from a place <laughs> yeah. of unknowing. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, it can't be done. I don't yeah. think it can be done. You can't no, be ants. Yeah. And the other thing I would say, actually, is that I would like go out on saying, I don't know if an ant is the animal. I think you could go down a path of the colony is the yeah. animal. Yeah. Because an ant on its own, you know, it can't like reproduce as drones, they're sterile, they're this. Like yeah, an yeah. ant is a bit of a dead end, right? But the colony acts in such cohesion, in such harmony, in the way that we have almost, you know, like white blood cells doing this bit of defense. We've got this organ doing this. We've got this organ doing this to build the system that is yeah. us. An ant colony is pretty much that. And just it's such a it's a hive mind. It's such yeah. singular purpose. They are so alien, but so successful. And on top of that is how key they are to so many environments, because you take them out and you're losing a monumental bit of the food chain. So yeah. they are just such a big player on the board. That is, the anteaters would be fucked. Oh, oh yeah. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away. Overnight. out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's such a good point, though. I love that getting into the philosophy of like, is an ant an animal by itself, or is it uh, just part of a greater machine? No, I love that. Those are, I mean, those are great reasons to love ants. Um, I think we'll get into more of why ants are pretty badass in this next segment because those have been some incredible answers, guys. But for this next segment, I'm actually going to need both of your help. I'm going to need both of your help to help me ascertain, or actually just put a numerical value on how much of an asshole ants can be to humans, to each other and to other species in our newly named segment. It's called the Asshole Assessment. Very good. I did there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. He was clapping. He was, you know, <laughs> you didn't hear anything, but he was <laughs> clapping on the other side, guys. Um, so do you think you guys can help with, uh, with rating? Yeah. Gladly. Excellent. Okay, guys, stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Now, after that lovely little break, we are back now with the amazing hosts of How Many Geese, Jack Badams and Roddy Shaw, who have taken time out of their busy schedule today to, as I said, place a numerical value on how much of an arsehole ants can be on a scale of one to five. So with that being said, Roddy, Jack, we'll start with uh, we'll start with humans because we are the most important thing, aren't we? So on a scale of one to five, how much of an asshole do you think ants are to humans? I think this is actually lower than it will be for some of the other ones. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, Roddy, but I think we over we overhype the annoyance of ants, as mentioned. You know, we to us there a, a lot of the time they're just an inconvenience. Yeah, Even just... the really bad ones. I think I'm going to throw out a two or a three. Okay. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's... a three. Okay, we'll go for a three. What do you think, Roddy? I kind of want you guys to be on opposite sides here because I kind of want some di- debate. But if you guys agree because you're friends and, you know, you share the same opinions about stuff, that's fine too. Nah, piss off. Um, <laughs> I think it's a four or a five. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe I'm personally biased because they ate my childhood Yeah, pet. I was going to say. <laughs> but, you know, what does that say in a sentence about ants? <laughs> I mean, don't let emotions cloud your judgment here, Roddy. This is serious. <laughs> I think there's a difference between terrifying and arsehole. Yeah, right? definitely. Ants are rarely, to a human, terrifying. Mm. But they can be serious arseholes because anything higher up the brain ladder, you can reason, you know, you can, there's a bit of like, oh my God, just go away or they get it or something. You know, yeah. eventually they give up. But ants are so relentless. They are the death. It's like getting flicked on the back of the head on a bus or something, you know, and they just, like, it just doesn't stop. It's endlessly there. Just, eroding your existence does that happen a lot to you as well as (laughs) non-stop no idea yeah london is wild um i feel like um yeah but i feel like that's it though it's um asshole behavior there there is such a fine line between yeah danger and being Mm. an an asshole right like an asshole is just like it is like a nuisance they're annoying it's you know it's an inconvenience um Mm. That's I, the sort I of yield. fun part of it. You yield. Wow. I yield. <laughs> Drop the yeah, sword I'm, sw- that I'm swayed. I'm swayed. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm going to counter a point here, though, of thinking about all the good things that ants do for us to sort of balance it out. So maybe that we go back down from somewhere quite high to somewhere in the middle because of all the things that ants, you know, as you said, are the important part of the the food chain of our of our ecosystem and the, the countless niches that they fill um you know how do they benefit humans would you guys say i mean they like as as predators in an ecosystem so i think it's i think there's a there's a stat that's like in the in in woodland ecosystems in terms of biomass of prey eaten it is wood ants that are by mm-hmm. far and away the top predators in those ecosystems yeah. so just like without them there'd be we'd just be run over with you know caterpillars and all sorts of stuff and i can only imagine that that tips over into farmland ecosystems and all that sort of stuff you know we'd be like knee deep in moth larvae if it wasn't for ants Um, deep in moth larvae yeah you know nobody wants that so uh, yeah i mean roddy's mentioned about their importance to the ecosystem and the fact that you can't have however many quadrillion yeah (laughs) And them not be doing something very functionally important. Definitely. So, I mean, what do you guys think? With that in mind, you know, we've got an, we've got the asshole behaviours, but we've also got some kind of good behaviours as well. I mean, you guys can still say four and five if you want, but, you know, just asking you guys to consider both sides. I think 
in terms of yeah to humans i think roddy's description of what makes an arsehole still puts them okay we're gonna go for you want to go for a 4.5 i think like a 4.1 why are you you bringing in or a 3.9 i I have to do the math on this eventually (laughs) (laughs) um okay before what are we saying roddy you agreeing with that i'll go with 4.5 yeah, you want to go four point five? Yeah, I think I think the what would put them into the top that that point five to get to a five in mm. the arsehole, the um, standard deviation of arseholes. Of that top point five is reserved for worm brain parasites. Yeah, so they're just not there. Okay, they're as annoying and as much of an arsehole as you can be without burrowing into your actual brain. No uh, so we got it. We'll do a four point five overall. We're saying for both. All right. Yeah. Okay, guys. So uh, we've got a four point five for humans. How much would you say? How much of an answer would you say are ants to each other? Six. Six. Oh, strong. Out of five. Uh, like, <laughs> like the first time t- someone t- said. I think compared to other, like, if we're talking obviously within their colony. Yeah. It's okay. it's a zero. Yeah. Like they're, they're just the, they are the purest example of harmony. Yeah. But it's, it's harmony for survival, right? It's not like, it's not friendship. It's not like, you know, but companionship. Harmony, all harmony is for survival. That's why it exists. Okay. Sure. Yep. Fair point. But it's, um, yeah, as I said, it's like ants don't have buddies. They're just like, they're doing it for, a, for the greater cause. The greater sort of good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you would say, yes. Yeah, so you're talking about other colonies and then other species of ant as well, which so I, I think, think would be quite high. So this is slave-making ants. Yeah. Like there is a group of ants called the slave-making ants. <laughs> some of them do it. Some of them have to do it. Like some of them, it's their only way of existing. Some of them just like dabble in it a little bit. Um, and they will lead raids onto other nearby colonies of either yeah. the same species or different species, kidnap generally the larvae but in some cases Mm. it's like adult ants brainwash them into thinking that they are of their captors you know kind and then the most amazing thing is they can go and steal an ant of another species they can bring it back to their nest and Mm. assimilate it into their colony and it will tend to and raise the young of its now captors Mm. but then when they go on future raids to get other colonies of the species that the hostage belongs to, the hostage will go along now fully brainwashed that it is like, you know, and, and help enslave more of its own species to take back to its captor. Like (laughs) even more amazing is on top of that, you sometimes get like the revolutionaries, which having been taken hostage have then been shown to like go round and kill as many of the larvae of, of of the ants that have taken them captive in like some sort of like you know rebellion. No like, it's way. It's just mad. No but the way. fact that there is a group of ants called the slave making ants yeah. means that you know in terms of being harmonious to your fellow kin, mm. I'd say that rates them pretty low on that scale. Yeah. There point, are but... few activities that I would say rank as highly on the arsehole scale as slavery. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been thinking, as Jack was going through that, I can't (laughs) think of any other behaviour being done by an animal species, which in the case of humans, 
we have brought in international conventions against. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I guess that I guess that sort of decides it then, really. <laughs> That's uh, by our human standards. This is yeah, as e- yeah. pretty much as evil as it yeah. gets. One of the few things we as humans have agreed on, which is not a whole lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if we're looking at it, is yeah. slavery bad? And the answer just like yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But I do think you have to give them two scores. I think there has to be like a a yeah. score that is within the colony and a score that is to other ants. But that's not how we roll on this podcast, guys. That's it's one score. Like I don't make the rules. <laughs> you talk, you kind of do. So you're either going to have to kind of balance it out. You're going to have to go kind of in the middle, leaning more towards one way. But we uh we can't be dealing with more than one score on this. I'm sorry, guys. That's just the way it is. <laughs> but then, but then we need to really get to the bottom of the question because if we come on and said lion. That's like one species. We're doing ants as yes. a as a collective. Yeah. Right. I would be more easily swayed to go down to a zero yeah. if we're just talking about like, you know, them as the bastions of like harmony and yeah. efficiency and a machine that sure. grinds for the greater good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like this is a little bit on you guys for choosing ants as the, <laughs> the topic of today. Like I mean, you know, we, I gave you the, the questions. I was like, we're going to rate some animals out of five. And, you know, you guys chose the the insect with like 16,000 different species. It's like, is this on me? Really? Yes, but we're also <laughs> here to really get to the bottom of what an ant is, you know. Oh, yeah. So we had to give ourselves a lot of flavor to work with. I think yeah. I'm with Jack on that ant to ant within a species is a zero. So I guess because obviously the next question is going to be about other species. And I mean, we can factor it ugh, so difficult. Well, then the other species is six plus, you know, yeah. whether yeah. we're talking about ant to other ant or mm. ant to Russian dwarf hamsters. Yeah, yeah or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ant to anything. Too real, Jack. Dial it back. Ant. Yeah. <laughs> He's got tears in his eyes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, if we, yeah. So I think let's settle on. Ants within the species, it's a zero. Yeah, okay. Ants to other species, mm. then it's... I mean, I, I do play fast and loose with the term other species. Usually I'm talking about its place within other species of animal or that it interacts with. We can include ants and in that. Obviously, there's a, you know, a million species of ants, you know, so... Oh, this is good. This well, is let's actually... go. Let, let's, let's take ants to one side, other <laughs> ants to one side, and just talk about what ants do to other animals. Yeah, yeah. sure. Like army ants just like their unending horizonless swarms of ants that like march through the jungle or just like eat everything in their way like people have to vacate their homes yeah when the army ant swarms are coming through but they're not actually bad news for the people because when they get into the houses they just strip it of everything mm. like they take all the pests out but if you leave your like cat and dog in there or yeah. Russian dwarf hamster. Or Russian dwarf hamsters. Yeah, there's there's like records from East Africa of um European people who, you know, were down there back in the day exploring Africa, blah, blah, blah. That were have um have documented when the army ants would come through and mm. you had to leave your villages. And if dogs were left inside buildings, you would come yeah. back to no dogs. Bones. <laughs> yeah. Like they just march anything that is in the path of an That's army crazy. ant swarm yeah. is dead. Yeah. That's, that's low key terrifying, isn't it? Like that. That's high key terror. It's very high key terrifying. Yeah, you're right. All right. All right. Semantics. All right. <laughs> yes, that is that is that is terrifying. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know about fire ants, and you know, they. I mean, they eat 
or like chicks and and eggs and of of birds and stuff and i'm just trying to think um i mean by ant is a really nasty way to go as well yeah yeah that's funny how that hasn't been a, a a torture method in a movie for like a bad guy right that would be a cool Indiana Jones, Anna Jones King, Kingdom of the, the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Where they like all rush into his mouth and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I checked out after three. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm absolutely not going to hold it against you for yeah. not seeing Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but yeah. it does have Probably. a scene where someone gets killed by ants. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I stand corrected. That's, um, and the, the fact that you guys both had that on the tip of your tongue, that's, you know, clearly left a mark in your head. Um, I mean, actually, thinking about it, with things like um, just just farming an animal count as being an asshole, like with the, what they do with aphids and stuff. I reckon anything we farm, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> if I was if I was a chicken, I would definitely think the farmer. There's a movie, Chicken Run, about how <laughs> to be farmed. The farmer is an asshole, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know, with the with the aphids, right? I mean, they they take the the honeydew from aphids and it's like is that a painful pro- i don't know if you guys know is that a painful process or is, or is it just milking them but it's less i think i think, than I think you might be you might be on something here alice because they do look after the aphids they yeah. protect them from predators mm-hmm. um they move them around to new plants if the plant that they're on isn't producing yeah there seems to know, be a loving like, tenderness to yeah. the aphids in so a in that sense i would maybe say that we could knock like a point two off but they will also eat hamsters alive. Yeah, that's true. The the evidence is overwhelming on one side of the argument with just like a little a little bit of evidence on the other side. I was just going to say I think ants I think an ant's view of the world is ant or food. I think that's yeah. the that's the line it's drawing. And yeah. the fact that that's the line they draw. Yeah. Put some They see in binary, on. don't they? Ants. Yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's no shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, actually, we we didn't land on a uh, a total for uh, each other, did we? And then we kind of moved on to other species in sort of, you know, in that each conversation. Other. Each other is zero. Oh, you yeah. said zero. Yeah. I mean, it's a scale of one to five. Technically, I will allow zero. One. I'll allow it. No, it's fine. If it like, I've, I mean, I've spoken we, yeah. to the board. We've said <laughs> it's fine. We, we can allow a zero. It's, it's a scale of one to five, and our answers are zero and, and six. six yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but well, what, would you say a full five or a four yeah. points? Yeah. Okay, right, five for um. Okay, so we've got or, a zero. Or, or maybe a four point eight if you want to throw in your aphids. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I'm not like quick math is not my thing. I'm afraid, guys. So, remind me, we've got a four point five on a scale mm-hmm. of one to five of uh, how much of an asshole they are to humans. We've got a zero and we've got a five. Now, guys, I'm just going to punch in the numbers real quick. Bear with me. Okay, right. Uh, the results came back after that lengthy process. Uh, and that is a, a 9.5 out of 15. What do you guys think? Is that a fair score to give our ant companions? I think each score individually is very fair. Yeah. But I think to just have the statement 9.5 out of 15 for <laughs> arsehole doesn't paint the picture of the subtleties of just how cool ants are with each other and yeah. just how much of an arsehole they are with everything else. This, yeah. is, this is a good um, observation because I, I ask this question pretty much exa- like verbatim every time we finish rating. I'm like, do you guys think that's fair? And people are usually like, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, like let's let's crack on then. And you've gone like, 
kind of but not really like uh, and uh, i i like that i appreciate that um but as we said ants, ants are a binary creature right so like anything i was about to say anything they do is an extreme but their point has landed and bang in the middle of the spectrum so that entire <laughs> sentence is moot so let's move on <laughs> oh let's move on we'll move on on roddy's terms guys don't worry well move away from me putting my foot in my mouth is what i meant yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well after an incredible assessment uh we're going to take a short break uh before we gallop confidently into our next segment entitled true or false where Jack and Roddy's general knowledge will be put to their test, where well, their friendship will be put to the test. Are you ready for the next segment, guys? Yes. Absolutely. Excellent. Stay with us, guys. We'll be right back. This episode of Asshole Animals with Alice is brought to you by Birder, the birdwatching app that everybody is talking about. Remember back in 2016 when Pokemon Go was the latest craze and people all over the world were outdoors in nature, catching Pokemon and making friends? Remember how good that was? Well, you can get that feeling back by downloading Birder and getting outside to do some birdwatching. Birder is a free birdwatching app that will get you out of that stuffy office and enjoying some sunshine as well as learning about the world around you. There are fun birding challenges, leaderboards, badges you can earn. It truly turns enjoying nature into a game. All you need to do when you're out for a stroll is log any birds you see to their app. The app will also give you some incredible facts about that bird and better still, conservation efforts benefit from your loggings as they can track where rarer birds have been spotted. If you're looking to do your bit for wildlife just by stepping outside your front door, check out Birder. It's available on Google Play and the Apple Store. Now, on a personal note, guys, I have this app and it's incredible. Those who know me know that I'm pretty terrible at recognising our native bird species. And Birder has really helped me learn about the amazing species we have here in the UK. For more information about the latest nature craze, you can visit their website at birda.org. That's birda, B-I-R-D-A dot org. Or find them on Instagram. Their handle is simply birda. Remember, if you'd like me to give a shout out to your product or organisation, you can email me at arseholeanimalswithalice at hotmail.com. It's as simple as that. Now, Back to the show. Excellent. After that lovely little break, we are back now with the fantastic Jack and Roddy, who are going to be answering some of my tricksy true or false questions that I have curated to be uh, a bit of a dick myself. So before we get started, guys, I mean, how, how good is your general knowledge? Oh, you know what I'm going to say, Roddy? <laughs> this is my favourite thing to say about my good co-host, Roddy Shaw. Okay. Chris, really, really, before, before you say what I know you're going to say, general knowledge or general knowledge on ants? The, it's, it's general, it's a bit of both. Like, right. it's, so, yeah, it's ridiculous. Roderick Shaw won the chase. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> like, like, took the high offer, beat the beast and then won the chase. So I'm 
turning my camera off, turning my mic off, <laughs> and leaving it all. Jack has left. I just see Jack friend. has left the chat. Like my drink shop. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure to put on uh, someone who won the chase. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, no biggie. Cheers, Jack. Yeah, yeah you set him up for fucking massive failure if he gets yeah. any of these wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we yeah, I very very big fan of a quiz myself. So okay, yeah, keen. Some of these section. are, I mean, these are all ant related, but they're, they're, you know, kind of nonsense is why I do these is that, you know, to, to prove that you don't need to be an animal expert to join in and have a bit of fun and maybe learn something new. Um, okay, guys, with that being said, we'll start with question number one. And I know this is going to go down well, because as I said, I'm a fan of your podcast. Question number one, the famous Simpsons episode, Deep Space Homer, in which Anchorman Kent Brockman utters the amazing phrase, I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords after seeing escaped ants on a live feed in space. It's from season six of The Simpsons. Is that true or is that false? I, I watched this clip two days ago. Shit. Because I saw a TikTok with all the voices from The Simpsons in it and he did Kent Brockman. I was like, now I need to go back and watch my favourite Kent Brockman clip. And it was this clip. Wow. Yeah, what, do you, uh, what do you think? Season six. Mm. I think false. I think the I think the Golden Simpsons start at season seven. I think I've heard that. So I'm going to go with false because I've heard it that all the best ones are season seven onwards or something. That I'm, I'm going to, before I give the answer if it's true or false i mean i'm gonna say that's false the uh the fact that good okay. simpsons starts at season seven i think, Wildly I think they, they're supposed to start at like like yeah four, four to till, nine is the four good. To, yeah four is yeah is the, like, but i was gonna say four till ten um i think it's i think it's right in there but i you can uh, say different answers if you want i'm gonna say true because i do think it's in there okay jack says true roddy says false it's false. One for the the chase. <laughs> there's no there's no cash prize on this. I'm af I'm afraid. I'm so sorry. We definitely don't have the financial budget to to give you a prize here. The most I can give you is like a, a thumbs up if uh, if you get it right. So that is actually season five. So oh, uh, season five. I would have th thought it was later. So no season That's... yeah season four to nine i i would pitch as the the classic era of simpsons um this episode aired in february 1994 which is insane wow. <laughs> nearly 30 years ago isn't that insane one for roddy zero for jack we're going into uh question number two this might be a bit triggering for you guys so i apologize um i wrote this uh, a while ago not knowing your trauma leaf cutter ants contain more protein per 100 grams than chicken breast. Is that true or false? Uh, I'm going to say that sounds true. I'm going to say true. That is true. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Before Most you guys that protein have, uh... is what they bit out of Jack as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the skin from my foot. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. So chicken breast has around 32 grams of protein per 100 grams. Leafcutter ants have between 42 to 53, mm. which is insane. All we'll all be eating like, them soon. It, well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's um, and if to be fair, I would eat a bur I would eat an ant burger if it was, you know, packaged and if it didn't look like an ant, basically. I've like, I've eaten ants. I've eaten oh, ants. ants. Yeah. Like in, ant, it, ants in what context? Though? Just just like picked it off the table and ate <gasps> it, and I will explain. Um, in Indonesia, 
Mm. I was on uh, an expedition in on, in Sulawesi, mm. and there were ants that would crawl over the the little sort of makeshift tables in the in the camp, and you could pick them up by their head, and you could bite their abdomen, and they had like a formic acid or whatever in there that tasted like lemon sherbet. That's I'm fun. speechless. Yeah, and after really... and after two months in the jungle of you know just no having <laughs> rice and beans, then an ant that tastes like lemon sherbet starts to look pretty good. <laughs> That is insane. Well, you guys both got it correct. It's absolutely true. Lots more protein in leafcutter ants than there are in chicken breasts, which is good news for all you muscle heads out there. In the future, there's probably going to be ways to get quicker gains. Um, wonderful. Question number three. The Saharan silver ant can reach speeds of 50 times its body length per second. Is that true or false? True. True. You guys were both going true. It's really fast, and it may be that you've 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 changed the exact speed of it. Yeah, but it's forty nine body. Uh, yeah, exactly. You you but it yeah. but it is really fast, so I am going to say true. You guys are wrong, wrongly uh... wrong, 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 and it's for the exact reason that Jack said. Um, is that it's not fifty, <laughs> it's forty. No, it's not. It's uh times one hundred and eight. Whoa, yeah, uh, which is insane. So. Per second, a Saharan silver ant can run two feet nine inches, which is insanity. Per second. Per second. Isn't that wild? 108 times its body length. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is, in is insane. Like, um, for reference, uh, Usain Bolt can run 5.35 times his own length per second. Um, wow. Yeah, which is actual bloody insane. I mean, two foot. I mean, I'm I'm five two, like you know, two foot nine inches. I mean, that's kind of like half of me ish, yeah. But like per um per second, and they're the ones that need to be so quick because they're living in the Sahara and they that's need to it. get out of the sun, I guess. Yeah. And they're also like the amazing color to reflect the the heat of the sun, I think as yeah. well. So they don't, yeah. That's cool exactly things. it. So it, obviously, it serves a function being the Saharan, you know, on this hot sand, having mm. to run that quickly to to escape the heat. So yeah, that's uh, actual insanity though. Um, so you guys uh, suck. That was that was <laughs> false. <laughs> you were so close, and I was like, I was like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna change his mind. But no. Um, so it's false. I'm actually not really keeping track of who's doing well on this, so I'm gonna leave it to you guys. I've got one. I've got two. Okay, wonderful. Um, question number four. The internet is a database that lists all known species of ant and their locations. Is that true or false? False. What are you going to say, Roddy? I'm going to say true. Are you saying true because Jack has said false? Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't even hear the question, did you? No. <laughs> okay. Those are your final answers? Yeah. Uh, Jack for the win with this one. It's false. Yeah. The internet, which I don't know... This is a really fascinating concept. Um, so I'm bear with me as I try to explain this because I, uh, in addition to being bad at math, am also bad at computers. So the internet is an analogy. And uh, so researchers at Stanford University in America have found that the algorithms that computers use to transfer data and avoid congestion on the internet actually mimics the behavior of harvester ants that are foraging for food. So harvester ants, when they go out to forage food, uh, they'll send little ants out. And if they find a lot of food, they'll come back immediately so that more ants can go out and, and gather the food. 
So if they come back quickly, they know to send out more. But if they come back slowly because they're still looking around, there's not too much uh, food out there, then they know not to send more ants out looking because it will slow down. Um, it'll just cause a bit of congestion. So that's sort of how data is sent out on the internet as well to avoid congestion. So the internet is sort of like a, a comparison of how data is transferred online to how harvester ants collect food, which I thought is an interesting... Mm. Yeah. So by um by studying harvester ants, um we can hope well I say we as if I have any part of this, I absolutely don't. Smart people who know more about computers can um well can find ways to improve how data is distributed, uh, and avoid sort of traffic congestion online, which I think is is pretty cool. Like uh yeah. linking nature to technology. It's just I have seen I have seen when you said traffic, then I, ha I have seen where people have studied the movement of ants and and like related it to like human rush hour traffic and stuff yeah. like that. And how if we followed an ant based road system, we would like eliminate congestion or all this yeah. stuff. And there'd be peace on <laughs> Earth and everything like that. If we just more like the ants. With some of the bits left out. An ant-based traffic system would just have every road lined with soldiers and anyone who came yeah. to interrupt the flow of that traffic could get <laughs> shot. <laughs> Which isn't a bad system. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've got to get somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not stupid if it works. Like. Mm. <laughs> but um, so Jack got that one right with that one. But um, the internet, I think the internet would be a cool database for all of the uh, like ant species and where they can be found and all their cool little, kind of like the Pokedex for ants. That'd be pretty cool. But um, alas... Uh, it's yeah. not so we're 2-2 two, two going into the final round by the way we just are. wanted to mention that it's a one question shootout <laughs> oh so question number five if there's a, a tiebreaker here i do have a bonus question so just just throwing it out there okay question number five in ancient greek folklore the myrmidons were a fabled race of ants in india that were the size of dogs and guarded hills filled with rich gold deposits is that true or is that false I mean, it could be for the ancient Greeks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come straight out and just say true. I'm saying true as well. Okay. Uh, that's false. Oh. oh. So. <laughs> but hang on, it's still a tie break. So we still need the. Yeah, that's fine. I've uh, <laughs> I've got another question. We'll see if you guys. Okay. You guys have to be on different sides of this last question. Otherwise. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, there was, it wasn't necessarily implied that it would be a competition, but I feel like you guys have made it into a competition. <laughs> so It's a competition. <laughs> So there was a fabled race of ants in India, the size of dogs, guarding these hills filled with gold. They were called the Myrmikis. Now, I've tried to figure out what the hell they could mean. Like in this folklore, I'm like, what, what, what animal have you seen and noted down as an ant the size of a dog that guards a hills filled with gold? But I couldn't find like, oh, you know, no, you know, uh, historians now believe that was the blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't find what they think it was. In, in India? Um, so this is in ancient Greek folklore. So someone but, has gone but across about in, India, isn't it? Yes, but the but the uh, the Myrma are in India. So I'm trying to think about what would be an ant like animal that guards hills for, and a dog like. It's like I have no idea. I you know I tried to find. I was like this would be an interesting puzzle to solve, but alas, the the internet was not very useful. I read a book once called The Natural History of the Unicorn. Okay. And that looked to unpick where the unicorn myth came from. Ooh. And it spoke about how basically by the time it got to Europe, it was the amalgamation of all these different bits of different animals, like yeah. along the Silk Road. 
So it had people would come back and say like the one-horned animal. So the one horn comes from the rhino. But then historically in unicorns, there are all these bits like their coat was the most magical coat. And that can get pinned to... um, Kashmir, Kash, Kashmiri. There's like a there's like a yeah. goat or an antelope that Kashmir okay. originally came from. So it was all these sure. different animals along the wow. Silk Road that like one fact from each, and then it all blended and became the unicorn. So I'm just wondering if there was a load of things. Yeah, you know, there was something near gold. There was something here. There was something here, and then by the time it got to Greece, they were like, oh my god, it's a giant ant. Yeah, exactly. It's just like Chinese whispers of yeah. just you just hear a bunch of crap and it gets yeah. you know meshed into something. Uh, you know, ridiculous. That's fascinating, though. That's really, really interesting story. I'm, I'm. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows. I'm. I always try and weave in some sort of folklore perceptions mm. of animals because I find it fascinating. You know, I, I'm a classicist. I did um, my dissertation, however many years ago, on uh, ancient Greek perceptions of animals, and I'm just fascinated with animals in in myth, in in folklore, and I just think, I was like, what the fuck is this animal that they're trying to describe? Um, but yeah, they're, they're called the Myrmikes. They're not the Myrmidons. The Myrmidons in Greek mythology were ants that were turned into a tribe of people by Zeus uh, in order to escape some sort of illness that was going around. There's variations of this story. Uh, the Myrmidons were also, if you guys have seen Troy, the film, um, it's ba- obviously based on Homer's Iliad. Uh, the Myrmidons were the soldiers of Achilles. Um, you know, they're said to be these, obviously, these soldiers with the mindset, with the tenacity of of ants you know of the sort of march kind of you know how like sparta was really just like machines you know the myrmidons were said to be like ant like soldiers so what does the mer bit mean yeah so i mean that's um, the latin name for some species of ant yeah. there's there's lots i mean it's difficult because in depending on which part of the world you're in um different words for ant will either be sort of mer related or like uh, it's like formiga in Spanish yeah. and stuff like that. So it'll be kind of one of those two things and probably mixed with some others as we're getting into like Asian languages and stuff. But um, I actually don't know what the, the sort of prefix mer means. Um, that would be a good... Because I think good I think research. the study of ants is myrmycology. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's exactly right. So I just wondered if the... I thought you were <laughs> going to say the Spartan soldiers were called the myrmid dons and therefore the ants were named after like is it chicken and egg you know which yeah sure i mean after I, which? to be honest i wouldn't be surprised um the yeah myrmecology came from myrmidons came from myrmikes you know i don't know the etymology of of that word but cool. to be honest it wouldn't surprise me um if you are listening and you do know the answer to this don't email me i don't care i wouldn't <laughs> 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 now we like to get to the bottom of knowledge here so if people do know the answer do do feel free to give me an email okay so we've got a tie break because you guys both leaned in on this uh, on this true answer question number six for the grand prize of sweet fuck all ants is a psychological acronym in the mental health field is that true or false true false is he used, you're saying false because it was the... Yeah. I'm saying false because we've got to go different. <laughs> Roddy for the win this time. Yeah, Roddy takes it. Yeah. I was yeah. waiting. I was I was waiting. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't have a clue. So I, it could have been either. Well, yeah. I knew whatever got said, the other had to do the opposite. So yeah, just get exactly. in and force your hand. Not that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's, um, that is actually, yeah, that's a true, a true fact. The acronym ANTS stands for 
And, you know, this probably is a nice sort of bit of general knowledge for anybody that's struggling with self-esteem issues. ANTS is an acronym for Automatic Negative Thoughts. And I'm sure we all have them. It's the the sort of spontaneous negative thoughts that we all have in reaction to bad news, to uh, unpleasant experiences, to events, things like that. It's basically uh, what can affect our behavior. You know, oh, I can't get that job. I'm not qualified enough. All of this sort of the negative thoughts. So in in mental health and the psychological field, they um, and I'm sure in therapy as well, they kind of teach you some ways to address those thoughts, to identify them, and then sort of talk over them with more positive thoughts. But ANTS is automatic negative thoughts. So after a thrilling head-to-head round, it's um, Roddy's game. Congratulations, Roddy Shaw. Yeah, your your check will be in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, really well done, guys. As I said, I do curate these to be a bit of a dick myself. Um, so well done for that. So after we come back from the break, uh, we are going to get a little bit more serious, aren't we? We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to get into a little bit of conservation in our conversation. So are you guys ready to talk to the general public about what do you think they should know about ants? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Our charity of the week this week isn't going to focus solely on ants. There's actually not an ant-specific charity out there. So today, we're going to be discussing the Woodland Trust and the incredible work they do to protect our native woodlands. Now, most of us have heard of the Woodland Trust, but what do they actually do? Not only do they provide handy educational guides to the beautiful trees and animals that you're likely to see in the woodlands, but they're also doing their very best to ensure that our children will be able to enjoy the same opportunities we had as kids, to explore the woods safely. If you're on a walk outside and you're wondering what species of tree are around you, the Woodland Trust have a free app you can download to identify the UK's native and non-native trees. And they even have a collection of free animal identification guides too, including for insect species such as ants. If you love the woodlands in your area and want to help protect them, or even know a bit more about them and the wonderful creatures that call them home, there are ways to help. You can become a member of the Woodland Trust and you'll receive their magazine, a directory to more than 1,000 Woodland Trust woods, and an identification guide to our native trees. 88 pence of every £1 donated goes directly back into helping our woods and wildlife. Alternatively, if you have time to spare and would like to help, they're always looking for volunteers and you can even be involved with citizen science projects that need people to send in wildlife sightings or make recordings of old trees. There's plenty of ways to get involved and get closer to the wild. If you've loved what you've learned about ants today and want to keep their habitat protected so they can continue running the show, then please consider donating to the Woodland Trust today and help to keep our woods as wild as possible. Thank you. Wonderful. After a quick breather there, we are going to get a bit serious about ants. Jack and Roddy here are going to come at you with some hard-hitting topics and what they think you guys should know about ants today. So take it away, guys. What do you want people to know about ants? I think for me, 
the reason we chose ants and the reason I think they are so extraordinary is like it's just to give people like an appreciation for like how life has come to this answer. Like, so as Ronnie's mentioned, life, all life on Earth is DNA finding a way to replicate itself. Evolution in its many and varied forms has delivered us here and has delivered birds and has delivered fish and whatever. And part of that answer was it delivering ants, this like extraordinary hyper evolved sociality where any everything is part of a larger machine to such a way that it feels like they're not individual individual organisms that they are cells that make up this larger yeah. cause and that they're so varied and that even within ants ants themselves are an incredibly niche evolutionary concept but then even within the ants themselves you've got the ones that make nests the ones that don't make nests the ones that make slaves the ones that farm fungi the ones that do yeah. this that and everything else um so for me i think like ants are far more than just that thing that's going to bite you when you sit down to have your picnic like they are one of the most extraordinarily successful organisms on the planet. Mm. And in some of the ecosystems that they live in, they run it. Yeah. Like they are from the foundations, they're running that ecosystem and you take them out and things would probably collapse very quickly. I kind of feel like there's sort of mafia vibes, right? They're, they're running things yeah. behind the scenes where no yeah. one's, you know, they're keeping things as they are, you know. They're the cartel. You ought to get rid of them. But if yeah. you do... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got a lot of shit to pick up. That's it. I feel like um, I would struggle to name a more successful animal than ants, right? You know, like in terms of they, I mean, we know that rats inhabit most continents except Antarctica, right? And yeah. it's the same with ants as well, I think. I, I think, think I, I, yeah, I think ants absolutely body rats when it comes to yes, like, yeah, yeah. they're just like, you know. There's over 14,000 species of ants yeah, and an estimate of, what was that said earlier, 20 quadrillion individuals. Yeah. Like, I don't know, there's definitely not over, There's, I have no idea how many species of rat there are, but there's definitely not over 14,000. <laughs> no. And if there were 20 quadrillion at- rats, we would, it would oh, be yeah. panic time, yeah, right? There's, there's like less, there's about 10, 11,000 species of bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's less mammals than there are birds. Yeah. So, yeah. like, there are more ants than there are birds or mammals. Um, actually, on the topic of that, I mean, why do you think people should like ants? How should we flip the the public perception of ants? I think it's just a case of their sort of success yeah. in terms of their diversity. Like, you just have to respect them. Yeah. <laughs> They've just crushed evolution. Yeah. And uh, the fact that, you know, without them, I mean, Jack mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. wood ants is hoovering up more material, more organic material in a forest than anything else. I mean, you take them out and stuff really starts to fall apart. We talk about bugs as being the little things that run the world, but then yeah. ants are the mafia bosses behind the little things oh, that, yeah. you know, they are really steering the ship. So they're yeah. just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's not just that diversity and importance there's the diversity of like the fish in the sea or whatever. But for me, like ants on a singular colony level, like mm-hmm. when I think about it, they ge- they are genuinely awe-inspiring. Like yeah. it genuinely inspires a sense of awe, like the same sort of awe that when I think about deep space, when yeah. I'm like, how are ants a thing? Yeah. Like yeah. how is this colony existing? Like, and you can have that by lifting up 
a rock in your garden yeah. and seeing a colony of black ants where the queen might be 15 years old and they've mm-hmm. got this like incredible colony. It's like they just, from the diversity, from what they can do, but just the fact that they exist, we should be incredibly grateful for the fact that we live on a tile on earth that ants exist. <laughs> I love and that. also grateful that they're not the size of cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Although um, some of the size of dogs that could dig up gold would be pretty handy, I guess. I'd have one yeah. of them. As yeah. long as they were on your side. Yeah, yeah, totally. Any global, any country which could weaponize ants yeah. would be, at any size, would be a militaristic force, the <laughs> likes of which. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, there is a superhero called Ant-Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. superheroes, you've got bats, ants. There's no Birdman, is there, Jack? That's true. <laughs> that is true. Only the villains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, I'm sure there is a Birdman. As uh, Michael Keaton is in there somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but I don't think the ants, the ants, the ants wouldn't entertain it. The ants could not be like if the ants were big, their only focus would be world domination. Like they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't be bought by a side. No country could like have the ants on their team the ants only look out for the ants if you could brainwash an ant though if you could program an ant to do your bidding because it's for the what they perceive to be the greater good this this is honestly this is super villain level shit that nobody is you know russia's not dealing with this china's not dealing with this that we know you know but it's it's gonna go wrong like you can see that movie playing out like they're like we're experimenting on the ants and then it's like planet of the apes and then like yeah the ant the ant, we, we've created uh ants the size of chimpanzees yeah and then all of a sudden the little brainwashing chemical goes wrong yeah and they enslave the world and then yeah. we're all working in their underground sugar mines <laughs> get that man a movie deal yeah exactly <laughs> cut print oscar there we go <laughs> there it is but no i think that's a really good point you know you've just got to respect um <laughs> You've just got to respect what ants do and what they do for us and just how efficient they are as a system. And there's a, there's nothing quite like it. You know, bees and you could go as far as like naked mole rats as the eusocial mammal are somewhat like ants, but nothing nothing quite like ants, uh, which is the main main takeaway from that. I think that's a good place to land it. Well, I mean, this has been another episode of Arsehole Animals with Alice. I want to say a massive thank you to my incredible guests from the incredible show. Actually, before we do a, a thank you, I want to talk a little bit about how many geese and where to find it because I've, as I've mentioned, I'm a fan of the podcast. You know, I'm not just saying that, oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. No, I, I genuinely listen to this podcast. Um, it's called How Many Geese. You can find it on, well, wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Do you guys want to give a, uh, I know I didn't really ask you to prepare anything, but do you guys want to give a quick one minute, 20 words or less summary of your podcast? Go. Uh, Roddy. <laughs> UI meets Springwatch in a pub, gets drunk, and decides how many animals they can fight. I think that's 16 words. So, mad facts, uh, weird and wonderful nature stories, and every episode we work out how many. Well, Jack asks me how many of a certain animal I could take in a fight. How many We're ne- ants ever doing ants? I was about to ants. say, I was like, that was my <laughs> next question. <laughs> How many ants is too many ants, Roddy? Uh, <laughs> about 10, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. If they're biting hard Five enough, leaf yeah. cutter ants. Yeah. <laughs> and Roddy's like, no. 
No, that's such a great point. Amazing, amazing podcast. It's just the silliest thing. I have had to stop my runs. I haven't told you this. I've had to stop my runs because I was laughing so much. Um, oh. So from, from bits and pieces that you guys get into. And I've also learned so much from that podcast as well. So definitely check it out, as I said, with the fantastic Jack Badams and Roddy Shaw as the host. They go all over the place as well and do talk to other people too. And that just means... to say, oh, yeah, we it. will be doing a special Ant episode. So mm. following this, if I mean this, we've discussed sort of our, our opinions on Ants. We've yeah. touched on the diversity of Ants. But there are some actual kind of news stories out there where Ants mm. have played a very interesting, key, bizarre kind of point. So we've collated some of these together and right. we're going to be pulling together. And, uh, you know, if you haven't had enough Ant yeah, exactly. just yet... There is more ant to come. And as mentioned as well throughout this, we obviously encountered the ants in Mexico. Yeah. Jack and I were very fortunate to join an expedition out there. And we've made a special season of our show just on that in the field, talking to different scientists. And that will be coming out uh, from kind of early October onwards. So, so exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's um, it seems like a trip of a lifetime you know and um and not least for the trauma of uh getting eaten alive by yeah, it's, uh, very much once in a lifetime yeah <laughs> but yeah no amazing definitely check these guys out they're on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from i want to say a huge thank you to you guys for coming on the podcast today and to you guys for listening to this podcast we hope that you've learned at least one thing about ants today now jack and roddy what do you think what is one thing you want people to to take away from today what one thing do you want them to learn about ants Ants are astonishing. Okay, we're going alliteration. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say ants are assholes. That's the whole. No, you know, do, like... do it. I think underlined. There yeah, we go. Yeah. There it is. Boom. Ants are... Full stop. Done. I mean, it, it can be. Yeah. Mic drop. Ants are yeah. astonishing, and ants are assholes. Like both things can be true. So I think two that's... sides of the same coin. The exactly dichotomy right. of ants. Excellent. Okay, everybody. Remember, carry a travel first aid kit when you go on holiday. You never know when you might need it. Drink plenty of water. And most importantly, don't be an arsehole. Bye. Thank you for listening to Arsehole Animals with Alice. Don't forget, you can support the podcast by heading over to Patreon to become a donor. Each donation you make helps me continue to make you laugh and learn about the arseholes of the animal kingdom. You can find me on patreon.com slash arseholeanimalswithalice. It's as simple as that. See you next time.